There is only one thing on this earth more powerful than evil, and that's us. Hi guys, this is Charisma Carpenter from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, your favorite bitch on wheels. You're listening to Buffy Back Issue Bin. Welcome to the Buffy Back Issue Bin, the show where we go through all the Buffy and Angel comics and audio dramas that are canon chronologically. I'm Zach. And I'm Emily. Hey, we're back. Hi. For part two of Slayers, a Buffyverse story. So we're going to cover episodes four, five, and six today. I don't, I, I don't know. I just nodded to you. Bad audio. Yeah, look at me nod. Yeah, that is what we're doing. Yes, exactly. Um, I guess general check-in so far, because they said they weren't really paying attention to the comics. Uh, no no striking continuity errors in this one. I actually, I don't think there are any that I directly picked up on. I don't either. And I think there's a couple small things in the first batch where it's like, "Mm, we're stretching a little bit, but we can still call it good as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And I think they did something very smart in keeping the the story moving forward and relying on things from the original series and not really filling in the gaps too much. And it allows the comics to kind of live in that space. Yeah. And Amber Benson said that they brought in someone who's kind of an expert on the lore because she's like, you know, we remember certain things, but like we start, like don't know it like backwards and forwards. So someone is in there to kind of check on continuity stuff. Yeah. And sounds good. So far, so good. I don't know why they didn't hire me. Me neither. If only you would have known this was happening. Apparently it's uh, they were working on it for three years. I'm not surprised. There is clearly so much love that was poured into this. So, But only recorded it last March. Yeah, I could believe that. But because... I imagine just, you know, wrangling what actors you can creating a story and then doing something that like serves everyone there exactly yeah and and i'm sure working around everybody else's schedules and so three years ago this would have been during the height of the pandemic in which they started it yeah which makes sense right everybody was at home and you need a creative outlet somehow that makes perfect sense to me and then it makes perfect sense as well that it takes three years to get things coordinated and recorded and there's already amber benson was talking about a season two already which i imagine would be a lot faster the second time around now that you've kind of already you know got these wheels in motion yeah exactly and getting somebody to buy it from you and all of that good stuff so we're ready to keep going then i guess (laughs) was it a little pandering when spike said that he's been getting into audiobooks it was yes but i enjoyed it it was was oh this is from audible remember we have audiobooks cute little tongue-in-cheek thing i don't know <laughs> things like that don't bother me because it was it was a wink and a nod i know and that didn't bother me i can imagine that world though yes of course i mean we have both gotten into audiobooks at various parts in our lives based on our amount of free time true that yep <laughs> all right yeah that, that's the right face episode four we gotta get a giles or more specifically we gotta get a giles back to america Yes, yeah, and we have this very convenient trapdoor that we mentioned in episode three. But trouble arises when Anyanka arrives at Giles' house. She's like, hey, I'm here to be evil. So they all sneak back through the trapdoor and <laughs> well, close it very fast. more than that. Yeah. Yes, but... Indira kicks her in the face. That's her thing. She likes to kick oh, people in the face. That. She's like, boom, face kick. Good job, Indira. Indira is still charming in this. Are we doing spoilers, non-spoilers? No, we're just going for it. Yeah, this is just full spoilers. Okay, cool. Indira is still charming in all three of these episodes. Um, I feel like that her main idea is just, I'm going to kick you in the face. That's her go-to move. Which actually makes perfect sense because all she's really known about Slayers has come from Reddit. And so only the really cool things are probably going to be reported on Reddit or wherever. 
Yeah, it's probably not like that time Buffy worked at fast food. Right, exactly. So I can totally imagine that she thinks that... Also, it was like that time Buffy worked at fast food and Willow cut off that giant penis demon that was coming out of that old lady. Gross. And then threw it in a meat grinder. Remember this? It was fun. It was gross. No, but I believe you. I remember when Buffy worked at the Double fast food Palace. place. Yes. Sorry, I distracted there. You did distract me. <laughs> it was like, old lady penis demon. That's okay. But Indira... Yes, so it would make total sense that she only thinks that slaying is all the cool parts and doesn't really think about any of the other less fun parts about it. Like, where do you get money? How do you sleep? But yeah, now that um, Anyanka has um, kind of the aura of Anya. She can follow her anywhere. Yeah, because maybe she wants to do something with Anya. Or maybe she doesn't. We'll huh. find out. <laughs> One way or the other. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we escape Anyanka, get back to America. And then put a bunch of spells on the mat, on the trapdoor so that hopefully Anyanka will be at least slowed down. Nobody actually thinks that she's going to be stopped so that we can figure out this spell to get back to Anya and Cordelia's universe. Yeah. I mean, hey, they survived. Yes. There was Giles. There was Anya. There was a deer. They got back. Spike and Clem and Cordelia are um, off doing their own thing. Yeah. So they find this compass remember what it's called no i don't remember the name of the compass but they find a fancy special compass that will help to anchor anya's magic because her magic is full of chaos right now and they hope that in using this compass they will all make it safely to anya's magic box yeah uh, she now that she's um crossed over she can't find her way back without it which it's at the magic box so you know helpful (laughs) yeah they don't have to go that far that magic box that wasn't part of the giant crater that's sunnydale you know that one yeah Yep. I feel like that is definitely the biggest continuity, I won't say error, but biggest continuity stretch. It's a leap. But it's it's continuity. It's a continuity stretch from the original series, at least. It doesn't... Yeah, I mean, it's not like we have any real spatial idea of where anything actually was in town. Right. And what that crater involved. And it's not like that crater was going to stop perfectly at city lines. So I could roll with it, but barely. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. So we get everything set. We're just about ready to go. Anyanka shows up again. Well, Spike and Cordelia and Clem have their own little adventure with those other demons that want to kill them. And they're like, Clem is the saddest person in the world. Like, sure, he plays happy, but he's so depressing. He's the most depressed person. Spike just let these these demons feed on him until he eats their heads. The pathos demons. Yeah. And then he eats Miranda's head. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Uh, And I love that Clem is more than he seems. (laughs) yeah apparently he's depressed yes but i love that clem like can take care of himself and that i love his weird antique car collection but like they're not in good antique cars they're just old cars and he has like i don't know 30 of them 40 of them something like that do you remember this the car that he's driving he said no there was just the one car no he has a whole bunch of them because they made fun of the car that he has. It's like yeah, a Pinto or something. They're all stupid cars. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, this is one of 34 ever made because they're terrible cars. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I just like Clem. But they do all make it to the magic box. They're like, hey, all right, let's do the spell. And then here's the bummer for me, which turns out not to be a bummer. They're like, Clem and Giles are going to stay behind. I'm like, I had to wait three episodes for Giles and now he's staying behind? But we find out very soon that's not actually what happens because... Anyanka shows up, the magic goes screwy, and we make it all into the other world, but everybody is separated. Yeah. And then Spike wakes up. He's like, huh, I wonder which Sunnydale is this. I'm like, I don't know. It's the one without a giant fucking crater. That's what Sunnydale you're in. I also thought about that. I also thought 
he ends up in a cemetery. Did you say that part? No. He's in a cemetery. Well, he you start says, to look around who he, your headstones are he here, was, my yeah, friend. He says like Sunnydale Cemetery, but I forget how many they establish. They say there are like 17 cemeteries in Sunnydale or something. It's some crazy number. Yes, but I mean, start to look around at what are some of the dates on the headstones? Like we could probably figure out which cemetery this is, but he, to give him some credit, doesn't get very far because he starts hearing a strange voice. That we all know very well. Some nerd. Doyle. No, it's Jonathan. You can't again, you can't say Doyle on this show. It's a different Doyle. It's Jonathan. Yeah, he's dead in this universe too. But in Gilmore Girls, his name is Doyle. <laughs> yes, he is dear. So Jonathan shows up. I love Jonathan in this. I think he's so funny. It's I a, love that he's also dead here. He's a ghost. He's like, boo, I'm gonna spook you. Spike's like, you're not scary. He's like, ah crap. Yes, I like that he is able to get Spike the information he needs, but also it's just fun to hear him again. It's fun to see him again. It's fun that they didn't let him live in this version either. <laughs> he dies. They didn't say how he dies in this one. Last time, Andrew knifed him. Yes. This time, maybe Andrew didn't knife him. But maybe he did. Good of. And I like that he is tied to this particular graveyard and can't get out of it. And that's his price that if Spike will help get him out of the graveyard, he'll help Spike. Yeah. And apparently Anya hates him because she is the one who has a tied him to the graveyard <laughs> yeah she was like oh man she, yes. she hates me so yeah spike is by himself indira and cordelia <laughs> yeah, are together so how are we gonna knock out these people yeah indira and cordelia and she's like tell me about being a slayer and she's like i only slay alone i'm dark and also depressed yes so we find out more about cordelia's sister that she was turned by the master into a vampire, and then the master locked Cordelia and her vampire sister in a room. After, like, starving her for, like, months without blood. Starving the sister, yeah. obviously. And Cordelia is forced to stake her own sister to save her life, and that just... So now she doesn't trust anybody and doesn't have any friends and doesn't like anything. I'm a dark loner, except for all the people that hang out with me. I was going to say, except for Anya feels seems very friendly with her, or at least to know her quite well. Maybe that was pre yeah. all of this, that and, they were and friends. And Tara as well in this world. Yeah. So She's the angel of this world. I work alone, except for all these people behind me. <laughs> yes. I'm a loner, except I need a bunch of help. Yes. And so Indira is like, so things are not going well for you. And Cordelia just kind of snaps at her and is generally unpleasant to Indira, who has done nothing wrong so far. It has only really helped out. Because when they were going to go over to this universe, Spike's like, Indira, stay. She's a child. And Cordelia's like, no, I was but a child. She comes with us yet. And now she's like, fuck off, kid. Yeah. Now she's like, I don't actually want to have you around, even though Indira doesn't even need saving yet. I mean, I'm assuming at some point she will, but. So far, so she's, far, just kicking people in the face. She's done quite well for herself. So Cordelia's just mean to her for no real reason. Distant. Yes. Aloof, mean, distant, whatever you want to call it. Brooding. So they are working their way back to the magic box. Meanwhile, at the actual magic box, one of our compatriots has made it there, and it is... Anya. Anya. Yeah, Anya's at the magic box. Giles and Clem, turns out they didn't get to stay behind. They got pulled into this, too. And they end up at a zoo after yeah. hours. Yeah, they start down at the docks, the Sunnydale docks. I'm like, I remember them. Yes. And then they go to the zoo. I'm like, I remember them. That's when Xander was a hyena person and they ate the principal. Yes. And so in the zoo, they accidentally get locked in the lion's den. No, Clem does because they're attacked by zombies or something. That's right. It's zombies. There's zombies in this universe. And Clem locks them in the lion's den. Well, it's not just Clem. You've forgotten a key character. Because some other people came over with this universe as well. Puppy? An Anyanka 
and Jasper the puppy also came over, but oops, they had a freaky Friday and they body switched. Yes. So Anyanka guys, is a puppy. Yes. These guys have she talks up the, here like this. the body of Jasper, but the voice and soul of Anyanka. Meanwhile, Anyanka has the soul of a puppy who just likes to lick you. Yes. So all of that's very funny. In my world, because she was a demon, I did not imagine her as corporeal as this. these episodes make her seem, which oh, is fine. I, I just pictured her as Anya with all that demon makeup crap on her face. Yeah, no, that's definitely what she's supposed to look like. But in my brain, because it was like she was separated from actual Anya, that she was more of like a spirity type thing. But no, she's just corporeal. and That's fine. That's just my own weird interpretation. So yeah, they get trapped at a zoo Clem eats a lion. To save them, because he says it's just like a big kitten. Yeah. He's like, don't tell anyone. I got my three-year kitten sober chip. And, and Giles is like, this is in self-defense. He's like, please don't tell anyone. He's like, fine. Then he calls Giles his second best buddy. Yes, his second best friend. And Giles is like, I'm not. And he's like, that's okay, second best friend. We'll be, we'll find all out about each other. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a very Giles thing to say. You don't know what a Giles thing to say would be like, ooh, you have layers, mysterious or something. Oh, my God. I I enjoy this. Like, ah, my new favorite duo is Clem and Giles. I love them, too. (laughs) And I I love that the lion didn't agree with him, and he has lion indigestion. Poor Clem. Hairballs. Yes, poor Clem. And then, because we are now jumping around to different groups, our other duo, our evil duo, now we get Tara and Drusilla. Oh, that's right. Continuing their plan with Tara trying to um, continue the work of Andre Kurgan and uh, make a spell that allows all vampires to go out into the sun. Yes. And we find out a little bit more about both of them and about their motivations. So Drew wants this to take over the world, which makes sense. Tara originally wanted this. She wanted to use the book, the grimoire to stop spike a drusilla but if a witch touches it it possesses her so it turns out krugan or at least part of him is uh now inside tara so it's not just like evil tara it's possessed tara and sometimes um his voice comes out and it's uh, i'm like the puppy i'm down here yes yes um so and there's just sad innocent tara. so i keep cutting you off i'm sorry that's okay drew makes tara try out the spell as she's concocted it on a couple of her minions does not go well. They burn from the inside out. So, oops. Yeah, she's like, I prayed to every sun god ever. And we find out that Tara's been replenishing, or we knew this, but we actually get to see it, that she's been replenishing after she, her magic after she uses it in the grimoire by stealing magic from other witches and warlocks yeah, so we, that they um, have trapped in the basement. Yeah, so we learned that uh, Ethan Rain just got all his magic zapped out. And so does Amy the rat. <laughs> yeah, not a rat in this universe. Just Amy. And also a uh, different voice actor. Yes, just Amy the person. I wonder, curious about that. I mean, she doesn't like play a huge role, but it's still like they're calling back to it. Like, what happened there? Who knows? It could also be, I mean, there's a million things that could have happened there, but. So Tara and Drew are kind of like, you know, doing their um, evil snuggling. And then Tara goes off. She's like, hey, I'm going to go to the med. She's like, I'm going out. And Drew's like, don't go out. Yeah, don't go to the magic box without me. Because Tara decides that she needs to get a book, a a manuscript about Kurgan so that she can hopefully figure out what part of the spell is going wrong. And she doesn't want to bring Drew with her because she doesn't trust Drew to not attack Anya. But she herself does not actually want Anya dead. She just doesn't want her there. Yeah, the the good side of Tara is still in there. And she's like, help, I'm down a well. Don't do bad (laughs) things. Yep, pretty much. But now she's also being overpowered by Kurgan. Yeah. It's like, I'll do what I want. 
I need to get a manuscript about myself because I don't remember my own things. Yes. And so Tara ends up meeting Anya back in Anya's magic box and proceeds to destroy large chunks of it. Yeah. They have a little fight. Yes. But then uh, Tara leaves without killing her. Gets her little manuscript. Yes. So Tara gets what he wants. Tara gets what she wants. Anya does not really get what she wants. But doesn't die. But doesn't die. That's very true. And the magic box isn't totally destroyed. So there's that. And she finds Anya with the soul of Jasper, which is confusing. <laughs> Find Anyanka. Yeah, because... Uh, oh, yeah, Anyanka. Yeah, she, hears, she hears like this yipping, and then it just comes in. It's like demon Anya, and she's like, eh, stop licking me. I'm like, that's a weird visual. Yes. It was also a funny thing, because this audio, as you know if you're listening to it, doesn't really have much narration. There's Spike at the very beginning, who narrates slightly, but everything else we hear is only dialogue. And so... They did a good job of explaining it only via dialogue because that's a confusing, it's a visual gag. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. But they made it happen audioly. So that's good. Audioly? Yep. That's a word now. Auditory. Auditorily. Orally. Orally, like A U R. Yeah. Yeah. Not a funny sounding word at all. So. (laughs) Um, Indira and Cordelia find Spike at the graveyard after Spike learns a revelation that Cordelia killed him in this universe. Which honestly makes sense. I thought we already knew that. I don't think we did. I think I just assumed it because she's the slayer and he died and he's a demon. Yeah. So it all worked out in my brain. Yeah, I didn't think that was, that was, I, that I was a not huge like, leap to take. Yeah, I was not shocked by this. Like Spike's dead in this world and there's one slayer. I wonder who took him out. But Spike was super offended by it. And I was like, why? Why would you be? Buffy tried to kill you a whole bunch too. Yeah. Most people have tried to kill you. Yeah, like this is a really normal thing to do. But also, they concoct a plan. What? I do like the weird detail. That, uh, so Jonathan shows Spike his own grave. Yes. But they also apparently just buried his jacket there. He's like, ooh, new jacket. Yeah, and he <laughs> pulls it on. He's like, I like it. He's like, hang on, let me sing a song from the musical. Yes. And he does for a minute. That's not one even... of us would be so excited to hear that again. <laughs> Woo! Yep. So um, they concoct a plan. These events are slightly out of order, but whatever. Whatever. Rolling with it. They concoct a plan to bring Spike back, in quotes, to resurrect him in this new world by pretending that Indira is a new witch that appears. She's that, an evil witch queen. She's an evil witch queen who's like 16. <laughs> and they tell some zombies to not tell anybody. So obviously the zombies are going to immediately tell uh, tell Drew. Drew rushes over there. Or rather... Yeah, well, they, they fake a spell. And Indira's like, I am the great and powerful Oz. Boom, you're back from the dead. Zip, zip, bam. Yes. So Spike comes out of his real grave wearing his alter ego's jacket and pretty quickly ends up meeting up with drew yeah rumor has it yeah one of the minions run in tara goes back she's like hey i got this thing and drew's like why did you leave without me and then they're about to do it and then this um vampire runs and he's like there's a rumor that spike has returned and she's like my man and tara's like fuck this could go poorly (laughs) we're romantically entwined in some way and just immediately back she's like my man spike it's like I may be a possessed tariff with some ancient guy who's trying to create immortality for himself, but hey, come on, I'm right here. I know. I felt bad for Tara in that moment. But Drew is Drew and rushes to see Spike. And this I thought was so well done when they were meeting and, and all the different layers of it and their voices together again. It was... Yeah, I think they acted off of each other like in It was person. so great. Yeah, I I would totally believe that because... And Drew's still doing, like, I love her little Drewisms. Yes, me too. She's like, like these weird noises. That sounded more like a cat having a hairball. <laughs> that sounded like 
our cat throwing up. But I loved them together. I loved that dynamic was back. I loved that Spike was odd to see Dr- Drusilla again, even though he knew that he was going to. Like it, He still seemed kind of into it, too. Yeah. It, it all felt very right. Like whether she's evil or not, like, you know, feeling still rushing back, all that kind of thing. Well, and I mean, Drew is Drew, right? So... The only part of this, while I enjoy the two of them together, of Spike keeps on trying to lead and Deer to like say certain stuff. Like you guys could have planned this out ahead of time. He's like, "Oh well, it turns out we have the last ingredient, don't we?" And she's like, "Um, yeah, we totally do." I'm like, it it goes on for a little too. It's a little too long of a scene. I totally like, agree. Th- they did the same kind of joke three or four times, like right in a row. I'm like, "Yeah, Drew knows this is a trap, right?" Yeah, I. T- I mean, maybe totally maybe she agree. does by the time we get around to the next episode. I totally agree. I can forgive it because, as I mentioned before, the format is very limiting. You're only in dialogue. And so I can forgive it for that. But yes, Indira and Spike were like chilling in his tomb for a while. They could have really been like, hey, Hammered out a plan. here's a thought I have. Let's see if this pays off. It's like, like Spike at the last minute thinking of the gem of Amara, which, by the way, happy to see that getting called back, baby. Yeah, but I, I just... Also, if he knew where the gem of Amara is in that particular graveyard, then he knew exactly where he was. Also, 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 if he knew where the gem of Amara was, just put it on, kill Drew, kill the minions if you're an unkillable vampire. There's so many also's in here. You could have really saved everyone a lot of time, Spike, if you knew where this was. Like, he even says, like, they've been sitting on their hands for a while waiting for Drew to show up. He knows where this is. Go get the gem. Kill her on sight. Or What are those other minions going to do? Fight an invincible vampire? No, they're dead too. Yeah, or just see if the gem is there to begin with. Like, I, yes, I totally agree. This no, did use not... it as a weapon. Well, yes, there's that. But this did not need to be as like sitcom-y of like, oh no, I totally know what's happening. I'm going to play along so convincingly. Like, it just, anyway. I don't blame Indira on this. I blame Spike on this one. I do like the line of his, um, she's like, what do you do? He's like, oh, I make... This is where it was in my world. She's like, what if it doesn't work? And I die. He's like, then I will, like, I'll mourn for you and I'll continue with the mission. She's like, I can't tell if you're serious. He's like, yeah, me either. Probably him. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that was a fun exchange. I, I'm enjoying the two of them together. It's a good little, it's um, enjoyably antagonistic. Did I say it on this show before or did I just say it to you that the Spike Indira thing is very much like Spike Dawn? Yeah. In a good way. I think I said it on here too. <laughs> Apparently, he's the Wolverine of this series. He just picks up teenage girls as his sidekick reluctantly. Yes, but that makes it sound... The Wolverine thing is fine. I, the picking up teenage girls thing makes it sound terrible, and it's not. He very much was like, whatever. Like, you're here. We'll figure it out. While all this is going on, Cordelia makes a deal, that a secret deal that we don't see with one of Drusilla's minions, who thinks her name is Bang? Yes. And she's Drew's, like, head minion. Like, Drew trusts her, except for that time that she threw her in a... <laughs> in the ocean for like 40 years yeah some very long time but she trusts her again (laughs) yeah so while drew goes out to see spike bang approaches tara and she's like hey how's that spell working out because drew doesn't have the patience for this like if spike is back and all this like she's gonna uh, move on from you real fast so she's like if you want to try out the spell try it out on me and maybe we could do it in a dungeon yes so that you'll be right back right by magic people so you can replenish your magic right after and Tara's like, okay, I guess I'll give it a try. And she figured out, we're cutting out a lot of her like grimoire figuring out bits and the talking. fact that she has a monkey familiar and <laughs> talking, talking to her monkey. And But uh, all of this is that she figures out that vampires are evil 
because they're internal clocks know when the sun comes up or when yes and it's it's a combination of their their bodies need to be able to handle the sun but also their souls because their souls are so evil and dead that they can't handle being out in the light and the goodness and so part of the spell needs to heal their souls at the same time as it heals their bodies and that was kind of her final piece figuring out how that can all work and she figured that out from the manuscript basically it's like turning off your computer's internal clock if you want to continue a 10 free day trial is that a thing used to be don't know if it still is huh i had no idea is that really what people would do is that really what you did this is like it's probably not true anymore it used to be true oh wow probably so weird. Oh, probably about the time that buffy was on television huh Anyway, so they try it out on Bang. It turns out Tara has figured it out. She makes an invincible vampire. She just makes a sunlight vampire. I don't think she makes a sunlight vampire. We didn't see any of those in the Buffy comics. And then at that moment, we find out that Bang has actually been colluding. Colluding, yes. With, um, With Cordelia. Yes, she has turned traitor in order to take down Drew because she doesn't trust that Drew will... Not dump her in a box in the ocean again. Right, exactly. She just doesn't trust Drew is <laughs> yeah, the short she, answer. She's not there to fight. She's like, I'm going to... She's like, no, I'm leaving. Yep. Deuces. So we leave Tara in the dungeon very weak from using the grimoire. With Cordelia. With Cordelia. Spike is with Drew in a crypt. And then Anyanka, the puppy, and... <laughs> and the demon. Both find Anya. And she's like, hey, Anyanka, I can put you into this. Um, I can switch your bodies back. I can unfreaky your Friday. And she's like, but what if instead we wow. merge together? That was a very Buffy line. <laughs> that was a very that was a very Buffy line. But Anyanka's like, but what if actually you and I rejoined forces again? Because that would be the best. So confusingly, Anyanka, I guess, has not been trying to kill Anya the whole time. Or has spent some of the time and then had a change of heart somewhere along the way? No, she just wants to get back in her body and like do her own thing. Yes. A- Anya thought she wanted to go back together and she's like, no. I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah. I misunderstood then. I don't want you. I want to be my own demon. And then Anya's like, all right, I'll do a spell. And then she's like, oh, crap. There's the three the three Anyas here. <laughs> Puppy Anya, demon Anya, regular Anya. And then there's some big explosion in the magic box. And that's her cliffhanger. And Giles and Clem are approaching. Love and, them. And there's a big old earthquake. I love also the line of Giles, who at this, how old is he in real life? Like 70 something? Probably. He's just like, started like hoofing. He's like, come on while we're young. (laughs) (laughs) But poor Clem ate a whole lion. And now he has indigestion. Yes. All right. So general thoughts about this section of story. I like that um, we've gotten out of our reality. Me too. Because that, that frees us up basically- from the continuity questions. Okay, I knew exactly why you <laughs> liked getting out of the reality. I liked getting out of the reality because it means that literally anything's possible. We just don't know. Like, yes, Jonathan's dead in this world, but Jonathan could have easily been alive in this world. Like, anything is possible in this other reality. Although, to the best of my knowledge, we've hit the end of our uh, returning cast members at this point. I think um, Danny Strong was the last one as Jonathan. Which is totally fine. But all of the bits and pieces of, is there a willow in this new world? Is there all of this stuff? I Anything's on the table. And I like that. Yeah, it just feels a little freeing. They're like, okay, we're in a different reality. We can kind of do whatever we want. And while I'm not expecting any of our characters to die, like maybe Clem's on the table, but beyond that. Not Clem. Well, they just like, part of this whole thing is like, we're doing justice for these kind of like characters that were underserved or um, met crappy deaths yes so i can't imagine they're gonna be like all right justice for cordelia never mind she's dead again <laughs> or yes or never mind 
Spike is dead. Like, they're not going to kill off Spike. No. So. They're not going to kill Indira. They're not going to be like, look at our new Slayer. Like, finally, some, like, diversity in the sea of white people. Ah, she's dead, too. I liked hearing a little bit more. We didn't really talk about it at all. But I liked hearing a little bit more about Tara's inner monologue in such that it, it makes a little more sense. Last episode, I was saying how the Tara Drew connection felt very odd in this. Like, I like the concept of them, but they even mentioned that they're like, why are we together? We shouldn't be together. And it makes a lot more sense when we find out more in this section yeah, of the, episodes. That Drew needs her for the magic. And that um, She also... Okay, I know I was complaining about like the whole like, yeah, sure, Spike, uh, which grave was it again? And Drew's... The, the explanation, which... I'm not rolling with totally, but I, it's still a little funny. Drew's like, you're not quite right in the head either. <laughs> <laughs> I get you. <laughs> I I do love Drew. And just that spike of that spike, that scene of Drew and Spike together brought me a lot of joy. So that I also really like the lines. Like she's like, take, a lot that, of take that back. It's like words are already out. Can't take it back. Yes. Everything about it just felt it felt very right. It felt like their relationship was right. It felt like it was written correctly for them. Also, and it also felt right that they hadn't seen each other for a while, and this was the exchange that they were having. I, I, I just really enjoyed everything about it. And Drew's still alive in our world. They could kill this Drew, and there could still be a Drew. Yes, totally. Or Drew in our world could die, and this Drew could come in to our world or something. Yeah. Like there's, you're right. There's two Drews, so that opens up that possibility. Is she the only double? Yes. Everybody else is dead in one or the other, or both. Um, Thanks, Jonathan. Is there any? Cr- yeah. Clem. Uh, could be the other i guess yeah i mean for the characters that we have yeah jasper because as far as we know like buffy doesn't exist in this other universe or she might but just might it's, it's just like a normal human yeah she could just be a potential yes yeah yeah so it does open up some possibilities there i think this is also smoothed out a little bit it, it felt a little choppy at the very beginning understandably it's a whole new format whole new story years and years later so at this point now that we're in the middle of it it feels like we're really rolling and it feels like we're back in the buffy verse in a very normal way yeah and i mean the acting is still really good i do have like a hair of a complaint about like some of the audio stuff like this is a professional company like and i can hear like oh we picked this up a different day every once in a while i can too you're much more attuned to that than i am but yeah sometimes like the quality will kind of come like or people's like the quality isn't matching like in conversation i'm like okay so these were separate or it's just it's weird for something that like feels like it was very well produced it's like feels like it's 96 percent there as far as like smoothing up the audio quality yep yep i totally agree with you i guess my only other thing I mean, hey, I had to sit through some of those, you know, 90s and 2000s, like, CG effects so I could sit through this. Yes. My only other very minor complaint is that because this is only dialogue-driven, things like the Anyanka-Jasper switch were kind of confusing for a while. And it felt like we had to have a lot of exposition to get that across what was happening. So I didn't realize at first that there was going to be an Anyanka with a Jasper inside of it. I, I didn't did, either. Exactly. I just, th- I just thought they were going to, like, they had just combined into one thing versus they had swapped. I completely agree. And I think part of that, and maybe I still would have thought that if I'd seen it visually. I just think part of that is through the medium. And, and they do a fine job of explaining it. It just, like, Anyanka in Jasper, her voice gets very high up. But then she also barks sometimes. Yeah. And it's it's things like, like, I get that. It's to remind me that she's in the dog form. It's just one of those things that it, it doesn't translate as well to the audio. And that's fine. I understood it in the end. So I don't really know where I'm going with this. But yeah, I mean, 
and we'll see whatever this explosion of three Anyas becomes next time. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so we've both ended after listening to episode six, so we don't know what's coming next. Yeah, three to go. Uh, next one should be a, a little bit quicker. Um, if you're kind of aware of our part of the world. Uh, Things happened. Yeah, we weren't really um, interested in doing this for a couple of days. What with the domestic terrorism, like 20 minutes away. Yep, but as that situation is resolved... I guess. And <laughs> people are now in the healing phase where we're getting back to our regular lives, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think I enjoyed this batch a little bit more just because the story is, you know... Fleshing out. We had to, A, catch everyone up, B, introduce new characters, introduce the concept of this other universe. And now that, like, we've gotten, hopefully, the majority of our exposition out of the way. Yes. Also, the episodes are getting longer. I didn't look at the next ones, but I did see. I did feel I that these look. three were longer than the first three, and I liked that. They felt richer. It did not feel like it was too much. Yeah. Episode 139, episode 248, episode 343. Again, then these ones were 50, 59, 56. And then the last ones, the last three are also um, yeah, 58, 52, hour nine. Yes. So all of that makes sense. It all makes sense why I'd like these ones more than I liked the first three. In the same way that you get into reading a book and then once you're in the middle of it, you tend to fly through it. Or I do. I read fast. So. Yeah. And also, I like that they're not relying. I'm going to give some credit to the writing here. Well, there are fun things like Spike coming in singing his little ditty. Like, that's a fun little callback. But they're not relying too heavily on things like every couple of minutes. They are doing a fabulous job of that. Of Like, hey, remember that one time? There could be easy ones like have Amy the rat pop in and like recognize her or gem of amar i'm like got it boom right exactly but it doesn't really take away from the story if you don't remember those little pieces i mean it was also stupid that Amy i remember Amy the rat gem in the first place what's he doing yep i also remember the gem like i remember these things but it doesn't take away from the story if you don't remember them if you've seen buffy one time when it was coming out in the 90s and early 2000s and now you're listening to this you're still able to keep up with all of these characters and not lose anything. Yeah, and some of the stuff, like if you don't remember the gem, that's fine. Well, Spike lays it out pretty clearly what it is, but it's just like, it's fun if you remember and if you don't, it still works. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they do a really nice job of balancing the callbacks versus just moving forward. We're not replaying any episode of Buffy or Angel. We're doing our own thing. Nope, just getting some sun vampires in there that no other story canonically did. But we've moved into a different universe. <laughs> so maybe they didn't in that universe. Okay. Yeah, that's probably about it. All right. So next time we will wrap up this story. We hope that you're enjoying it as much as we are. And we'll talk to you later. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> what was that? I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to add. Hey, if you're interested in hearing us do a thing, we have another podcast that uh, we're doing exclusively on Patreon for a little while. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com slash Editor's Note Comics. If you want to hear us talk about everything in Stephen King's Dark Tower universe. Everything. Pod to the Dark Tower. It's only there right now and it will be for quite a while. But once this is done, we'll be back to those. Well, they're not going to be publicly released for a while anyway. Right. We are banking those before they make their way out. So we just have all the time in the world. Perfect. Yeah, beyond that, we will be back um if you want to catch this next episode early or episode three early of this three-part series uh, that will be up a week early on patreon so again if you want to go over there it's a buck dollar a month cancel after a month we'd love to have you and we'll talk to you <laughs> next time for the finale of slayers a buffyverse story bye you can do it in tiny Anya voice slayers a buffyverse story perfect <laughs> bye, bye.